Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Partners in Health and Biz with your host, Gail Dixon. Tune in every Saturday, 9 a.m. for great shows about obtaining and maintaining health, business, and finance. Learn from the experts here at PIHradio.net. And now, broadcasting from the Partners in Health and Biz studio, here's Gail. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to my show. So happy you could join me this morning. Yes, this is a wonderful, beautiful day. You are listening to Partners in Health and Biz on the PIH Radio Network. I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. (laughs) Add that McBride on since I got married a couple years ago. And this is so wonderful that I am able to share with you The topic of today's show, The Ultimate Lifestyle for a Healthy Brain. This is part two of a most likely, looks like it's going to be a four or five, even five-part series. Because as you know, the brain is very complicated. There are many aspects of the brain. And the aspect that we are going to be talking about and continuing to talk about is how we can make our brain healthier healthier so we can avoid, delay, prevent getting Alzheimer's disease or and dementia. So this morning, I'd like to give out the call-in number to Partners in Health and Biz. We probably won't take questions until halfway through the show, but you can think about what you would like to ask, and maybe towards the end of the show or perhaps even during a break, we'll receive a couple of questions and comments. So let's just jump right into this. Um, And we're going to talk about the risk factors, the risk factors. Risk factors for what? Well, doctors and scientists have spent a lot of time trying to to figure out what causes Alzheimer's and dementia. Many of you may have relatives and uh, or friends, grandparents, mothers, fathers who have or had Alzheimer's or dementia, but um, many people have, many doctors and scientists have tried to figure out what causes this Alzheimer's and dementia, just as they have tried to figure out what causes any number of other diseases. In theory, anywhere in life, we can determine that A causes B, and all we have to do to stop B from happening is to eliminate A, right? (laughs) Unfortunately, human beings aren't quadratic quadratic equations. We can't just solve for X. Everyone is different. And even if we feed two different people the exact same things or give them the exact same stressors, their bodies will respond differently. So the best we can do is make educated guesses as to what can increase your risk. So in general, let's talk about some of the things that We know scientists and doctors and health and wellness professionals, uh, health and wellness consultants even know about certain things that can uh, cause or can be a risk factor. Um, Our culture as a whole is pretty terrible at preventative medicine. What we typically think of as preventative is really just early detection. Well, it is true that early screening through tests like pap smears and digital prostate exams have saved thousands of lives. They're still not preventing 
any diseases so much as catching them early enough that the treatment will be more effective. True preventative requires making lifestyle choices, lifestyle choices that keep those diseases from showing up in the first place, right? Right. So we're terrible at that for the most part. The reason is because we don't think of cancer or diabetes or heart disease as an immediate concern for most of the your medical professionals. It's some theoretical problem that happens to other people for that's the way most people think. It's some theoretical problem that happens to other people, but you're saying, I'm not going to get it. Well, a survey from Aflac Insurance found that 62% of American workers said they were not likely to be diagnosed with a serious illness like cancer. 55% said they were not likely to be diagnosed with a chronic illness like heart disease or diabetes. Added to that are under the mistaken assumption that mental and physical ailments are completely separate from each other. They think that if you develop diabetes, or heart disease, or hypertension, or God forbid, cancer, at least your mental faculties will be the same. So you'll still have your wits about you, so you'll be able to approach those conditions thoughtfully and treat them intelligently. That's what you think. Unfortunately, these people are in for a rude awakening. Why? The reality about chronic diseases is just the opposite of what the American public thinks. They account for seven of the ten leading causes of death in the United States, comprising some two-thirds of all deaths. And study after study proves that if you do end up with any of these diseases, it's not long before cognitive changes set in. Yes, why? Because they affect one another. So let's start with the first risk factor, and that's heart disease. So heart disease, let's start with the America's number one killer, heart disease. And it should come as no surprise that dementia can also be caused by strokes or a series of small strokes. Yes, that affects your brain if you're having a stroke. Osteosclerosis plaque buildups in the blood vessels, causing blockages in the brain and inflammation from things like smoking, brain injuries, or hypertension. All of these damage blood vessels in the brain, leading to less than optimal brain function. So what I'm telling you is that it's all, basically it's connected. It it will be connected. It can become connected. Your heart can affect uh, your brain because remember how your heart, your heart beats, right? It pumps blood. It's pumping the blood to keep you alive. And the same blood that pumps your heart is the same blood that pumps your brain, that circulates through your brain. So if you have heart disease and your heart is not pumping properly, it's not circulating the blood, it's slowing down the processing of your brain. Your brain is being damaged. And if your brain is being damaged in any form or fashion, that it can uh, cause the onset of dementia and Alzheimer's at some point. So more than 20 years ago, researchers were noting that plaque in the cardio, the cardiac, cardiac arteries 
uh, and elsewhere, all contributed to cognitive decline in older people, and the research has only expanded since then. A recent study examined the brains of 69 patients at risk of developing dementia, starting in their 30s. Then, 21 years later, and then, then again seven years later, patients with heart disease had a thinner brain cortex and less gray matter. And the longer the patients had the heart disease, what got worse? Well, the worse it got. This was especially true in those who had heart disease for more than 10 years. And another study looked at men aged 40 to 80, and they saw that compared to men with no heart disease, those with subclinical or preventative heart disease all had lower scores on memory performance and lower scores on processing capacity and executive functioning. In fact, their conclusion, in fact, their conclusion stated, these results suggest that actions to prevent cognitive decline by preventing osteosclerosis should be taken before middle age. Yet another voice for prevention rather than just early detection. What about heart issues? Growing evidence now links atrial fibrillation, AFib, atrial fibrillation or AFib, which is an irregular heartbeat with significant cognitive decline through a number of different pathways. A German study that demonstrated people with AFib performed significantly worse in and task of learning, memory, attention, and executive functions with a corresponding degeneration in the hippocampus, a part of the brain that plays a crucial part in memory function. So let's move on to your next risk factor. How many of you have diabetes? Well, did you ever think that having diabetes would make you more prone to developing dementia? Now, many of you may not, but let me tell you, the connection between the two is now so strong that Alzheimer's disease is starting to be referred to as type 3 diabetes. Wow, yes, yes. And you don't have to be or to get diagnosed with diabetes for this to be an issue. Long before that, the years of high blood sugar have an impact on brain function. High blood sugar causes insulin resistance of the brain, which has been implicated in the formation of amyloid plaques associated with Alzheimer's. Having diabetes can more than double your chances of getting Alzheimer's. And there's evidence, evidence that the chances of developing some form of dementia, including but not limited to Alzheimer's, can be as high at 74% for diabetics. Wow, that's some some uh, statistic, huh? Some statistic. Well, the biggest influences on why brain functions decline in diabetics has to do with poor blood sugar control. Yes, high blood sugar, inflammation, depression, and problems with the capillaries, the smallest blood vessels, which can get so damaged as to start to dis disintegrate as the disease progresses. Additionally, diabetes or diabetics often have high blood pressure, heart disease, and kidney problems, which bring their own risk to cognitive health. 
Scientists see a clear correlation between dementia and type 2 diabetes are now calling it an epidemic. They report that diabetes is a known risk factor for the development of dementia due to clogged arteries, Alzheimer's disease, and cognitive impairment. The types of cognitive impairments seen in in diabetics include decreases in attention span, executive functions, motor speed, and memory. So we mentioned executive functions before. It refers to a category of brain functions that involve working memory, flexibility, reasoning, planning, problem solving, and execution. So let's move on to another risk factor for possibly getting Alzheimer's or dementia, and that is depression. And right now, many of you are depressed. We're in the middle of a pandemic, coronavirus, COVID-19, affecting people, making people sick, actually uh, killing people. People are dying from the uh, effects of the coronavirus. They're hospitalized. It's affecting their lungs, their brains, all parts of their body eventually. And uh, if you recover, many people still have terrible side effects. So let's talk about depression. People sometimes manifest dementia-like symptoms, forgetfulness, disorientation, inattentiveness, inattentiveness, and slowed responses when they are depressed. Conversely, having some cognitive decline can cause depression. Researchers now, researchers don't necessarily know yet what the mechanism of action is, but they have seen some interesting facts. For example, in people with mild cognitive impairment or transitional state between normal aging and dementia, those who also had depression were more than twice as likely to develop dementia or Alzheimer's type. Those who did not respond well to antidepressants were at an especially increased risk of developing dementia. While researchers are working to unravel the association between depression and cognitive decline, the best thing to do in the meantime is to take active steps to handle any depression that might be there. So if you think you're depressed, if you know you're depressed, then you need to contact your uh, provider, your your physician, your primary care provider. Let them know what's going on and have an evaluation. Let them evaluate you and find out what's going on. Let's go on to another risk factor, pernicious an- anemia, anemia, vitamin B deficiency. Well, What about vitamin B deficiency? But before we continue, I am going to let you know that you are listening to Partners in Health on the PIH Radio Network. I'm your host, Gail Dixon-McBride. The topic of today's show, The Ultimate Lifestyle for a Healthy Brain, and this is part two of a four or or possibly five-part series. Uh, We're going to hear a word from one of our sponsors And uh, we'll be right back. So don't go away. And uh, just give us a call if you have any questions or comments. Again, 347-945-7000. 
888-646-7433. Press 1 if you have a question or comment, and you don't have to do anything to continue to listen to the show. Stay tuned. It all began about 20 years ago in Elkton, Maryland, when Harry and Leanne Linderman transformed their lovely home into a beautiful 14-suite bed and breakfast inn, which offers a full-course gourmet buffet breakfast. Enjoy in the elegant and spacious dining atrium. Each suite is designed around a romantic historic theme with private bathroom, whirlpool jacuzzi, and gas or electric fireplace. Whether you're planning a much-needed getaway, indoor or outdoor wedding reception, anniversary, business meeting, conference, or retreat, Elk Forge Inn is your go-to destination. Get pampered with a massage, facial, or body wrap at their on-site full-service day spa. The inn sits on five acres with two nature trails, breathtaking garden, and miniature golf. Reserve your room today, 410-392-9007. And we are back. And again, you're listening to Partners in Health and Biz on the PIH Radio Network. I'm your host, Gail Dixon-McBride. The topic of today's show, The Ultimate Lifestyle for a Healthy Brain, Part 2. So let's continue with some of the risk factors of uh, possibly you coming down with uh, dementia or Alzheimer's disease or someone you know. Um, A deficiency in vitamin B12, or if you're anemic, vitamin B12 is vital for the nervous system to act properly, so it's possible to get dementia-like symptoms. Dementia-like symptoms. If you have a pernicious anemia or B12 deficiency, so this is... These are things that can mimic, but this is very common in the elderly due to the lack of absorption, not eating enough meat or eggs, or as a side effect of certain medications. Yes, certain medications can even mimic um, dementia or Alzheimer's. Symptoms of B12 deficiency include confusion, slowness, irritability and apathy, as well as loss of balance and numbness and tingling. Fortunately, this is a condition that can easily be detected through a simple blood test, and it's a simple treatment through B12 supplementation. So lifestyle, what about lifestyle and environmental factors? Well, the reality of the medical issues described above is that um, what I just described is that generally speaking, they are the result of a long series of lifestyle choices that were going on for decades. And that's what this show is about, the ultimate lifestyle for a healthy brain. So what are your lifestyle choices doing to you? They are results of a long series of lifestyle choices that were negative, that were going on for decades before any symptoms started to show up. We live in a culture where processed foods are cheap. 60-plus hour work weeks are plentiful. A full night's sleep is scarce, and exercise is inconvenient. Well, it's always something, right? You're not putting, we're not putting ourselves first. We're saving ourselves for last. We're treating ourselves as if we're, our bodies are machines. God did not create our bodies to be machines. We are flesh and blood, and so we cannot treat ourselves uh, improperly. Our bodies were never built to withstand that kind of stress, and after years of dealing with it, these are the results 
Yes, these are the results, the high blush, high blood pressure, the high cholesterol, the the diabetes, uh, the heart disease. Not surprisingly, the same factors that lead to those medical issues, again, like heart disease and diabetes, can directly lead to Alzheimer's even in the absence of other medical problems. So let's talk about your diet. Yes, your diet. What are you eating? What are we putting in our bodies? You may remember that Brisenden, in the study that I had talked about earlier, in the, the introduction, had his patients make some rather significant changes to their diets, taking away processed foods, foods, adding in vegetables, fruits, and naturally raised meats, eating organic as much as possible, and emphasizing low-glycemic, low-grain, low-inflammatory foods. There was a reason for all of these. Much of the research on diet, nutrition, and disease that has come out in the last couple of decades has pointed to a simple truth, that one way or another, inflammation is the source, is the source of most of our modern diseases. Poor blood sugar, as we talked about in the diabetes, about diabetes, leads to insulin resistance, which insulin resistance, insulin resistance, which causes inflammation, fake foods that is manufactured in a lab by chemical engineers rather than grown directly out of the ground causes inflammation. Do you remember when, I don't know, but back in the day, uh, my grandmother grew all of her vegetables and fruits naturally. My, I had two grandmothers, two grandfathers my, on my mother's side and my, my father's side. On my father's side, my grandparents had a farm. They raised animals and, and they um, had their vegetables. And on my mother's side of the family, my grandparents had gardens and fruit trees, all types of fruit trees. And they had chickens. They had little animals, too. Um, antibiotics, which are injected indiscriminately into our livestock, cause inflammation. So these days, the livestock are getting a lot of antibiotics, and what happens? Those antibiotics are, got, are getting into our into our system when we eat these animals that have been injected with the antibiotics. Therefore, that's why we emphasize Partners in Health and Biz, your host, Gail Dixon-McBride, and uh, a host of other natural paths and nutritional experts will recommend organic meats, organic fruits and vegetables that have not been uh, contaminated or have not been um, treated with antibiotics and all types of pesticides for the vegetables and fruits. With any of these, plaques, plaques can build up in the brain, which impairs the neurons' ability to communicate with each other. Then, because we're not eating well, our bodies lack the proper nutrients to break these plaques down, with further, which further perpetuates the problem and turns it into a vicious cycle. When all of this happens, impaired cognition is an obvious result all of which is to say that your risk of Alzheimer's is significantly higher if you eat, one, processed foods, two, conventionally grown, non-organic red meat and vegetables, three, lots of sugar, four, lots of grains, starches, and other high-glycemic foods. So then 
Let's talk about stress. Stress, oh my gosh. What can stress do to the body? Well, stress does not indeed, the stress does, I should say, indeed damage the brain. I should repeat that. Stress does indeed damage the brain. Most noticeably, it causes high cortisol, which over time atrophies the hippocampus and other memories. This has been observed in brain studies of adults with post traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and in children who were abused. It has also been replicated in controlled studies with primates. In rats, the same damage has been studied from exposure to prolonged stress, and they found free radical damage to fats in the cerebral cortex of the brain, the cerebellum, the hippocampus of the brain, and the midbrain. Protein damage from antioxidant were also found in the cortex, hippocampus, stratum, stratum, and medulla obliga, obligata, I'm sorry. And if you missed last uh, Saturday's show, I did go into the different parts of the brain and how they function. So if what I'm saying to you sounds like uh, Spanish or French or some language that you don't understand, go back and listen to part one of this show. Um, stress not only gets our ages our brains, yes, but even shortens our telomeres. If you don't know what telomeres are, I, I recommend that you do some research on that. And telomeres is spelled T-E-L-O-M-E-R-E-S, telomeres. Telomeres are the sequences at the end of our chromosomes that protect the chromosome from aging, a bumper, if you will, that's designed to get worn down. Essentially, the telomeres regulate our lifespan, and as we age, they shorten. So stress literally ages us and damages our DNA if we don't manage it. Now, sleep. Uh, Most of us are not getting enough sleep. Sometimes people question the wisdom in sleeping a third of your life away. But now we know that sleep is the only way to restore your brain function to 100%. Sleep is important for memory consolidation, moving memories from short-term into long-term storage, clearing metabolic waste from the brain, body growth, repair in general, behavior behavior moods, And there's no shortage of studies showing how sleep impacts cognition. There's even evidence now that our bodies activate different genes when we're asleep than when we're awake. It naturally follows that when we're not sleeping as much as our bodies need, it causes diminished function in the body and brain in any number of ways. These include... Obvious effects like fatigue and difficulty concentrating, diminished cognitive function, which includes impairments to learning, memory, speed, and verbal tasks, and significant reductions in overall health, with symptoms including immune function decline, cancer, reduced mineral density, hypertension, and inability to process carbohydrates, which can cause weight gain and its corresponding concerns relating to heart disease and blood sugar and diabetes. So sleep, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, is so very, very important. Never underestimate the power of a good night's sleep and how it affects your health and your brain. 
Are you a smoker? Well, anything that reduces oxygen to your brain is going to reduce to increase your risk of cognitive decline. And the fact that smoking does that is no is a no-brainer. Smoking increases your risk of Alzheimer's by 45%, and 14% of all Alzheimer's cases can be directly attributed to smoking. So let's skip on to exercise. We've already talked about how diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and other medical issues impact dementia, and we talked about how diet impacts dementia directly, and everyone knows that diet impacts impacts those health concerns. It follows naturally that the flip side of that equation, exercise, also impacts dementia. And indeed, the research bears that out. People who don't exercise are more likely to develop dementia or Alzheimer's. Women are nearly twice as likely to develop it without exercise. It actually has such an association that a study title, Lack of Exercise is a Major Cause of Chronic Diseases, goes into heavy detail about the impact of lack of exercise on every chronic health condition we see these days. So we're going to continue this uh, next Saturday. I'm just about out of time. I certainly hope you have uh, received valuable information and enjoyed this show. If so, you can follow us on our website, www.pihradio.net, and see the upcoming shows that we have planned for you. Uh, Make sure that you get out and get some exercise. If it's cold where you are, well, stay in it. Exercise. Walk up and down the steps. Put on a video and exercise. Eat your fruits and vegetables. Take your uh, vitamins. Stay calm. Stop stressing. Get plenty of sleep. Drink plenty of fluids. And until next Saturday, everyone, I'm your host, Gail Dixon-McBride. Stay safe, everyone. Wear your mask, social distance. Uh, Be healthy, and stay business savvy. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a blessed day, everyone.